Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Happy Monday. <laughs> I think I think we can say that. These are always recorded early. I just want to remind you of that. If you send in a question and you'd like for it to be answered, not only via email, but also here, it may be a while. You see, this is actually during the first week of January, and it is scheduled to be put up to you the third week in February. But we do that because I need to be on the road a lot. We have this thing called Welcome Home and it's welcome home wherever you are. So if there's a men's group in Cookville, Tennessee, or there is a house church of 12 people up in Mitchell, Indiana, or there is a group that lead, that meets north of Houston, I, I wanna get there. And so at times I can't get back in time to sit here and do a recording on the day. So we make these early, is that all right? And because we're having some weather events here today, uh, it is a warm day in Nashville, but with hints of tornado and thunderstorms in the air, you may hear some, uh, some flashes of lightning and the like. Assume that's all natural caused and that there aren't spirits at war around us, all right? This had an, a different title. Originally it was, Who Told You About What Happened to Patrick? And then I thought, no, that makes it way too much just about me when what happened to me has happened to most of you that are listening to this. Of the thousands that tune in and we get you know, part of that in Facebook, part of it in YouTube, we get people on Instagram, WhatsApp, some other um, platforms, podcasts. So there are thousands of you that really tune in Monday because Monday is the favorite, it seems, for all of them. And some of you, even just listening Monday, still support us financially. And thank you so much. Oh my, that's a huge help. Uh, that said, you have changed. You're not the person that you were. You're not the person you were pre-COVID. You're not the person you were when you were a child. And some of the things that you believed and some of the things that you taught and some of the things that you never even thought to question, you now don't believe, and now you do have questions. And you found our safe harbor, which is a safe place for your questions. Every week, I am in contact and communication with deists, atheists, Muslims, with a ton of hurt Christians. All of these people have questions. And by the way, we don't really get a lot of hate mail. We don't really get a lot of drive-by attacks on our sites anymore, except from super conservative Christians. And isn't that just heartbreaking? Everybody else is quite willing to discuss and learn. And learning is what I want to talk to you about. Every so often, somebody will call me or send me an email and say, you know, we, we found some of your sermon tapes, that shows how old that is, from you know, 1990 or something, and we're, we're gonna listen to them. And I'll fire back, don't. You will be so disappointed. 
because they're not who I am today. What I used to believe, I don't. What I believe now, I believe fervently. And I imagine that that's very true for a lot of you. Many of you grew up in churches that had <coughs> a list of beliefs. And you, you went along and maybe even you, you bought into it wholesale. I did in, in our tribe. And I taught it and I tried to teach it the way that it had been taught to me. Unaware that I was coming across as unkind, sarcastic. And by the way, I think, I think there's a place for car, uh, sarcasm in, um, in humor and in joy and in banter between each other. But there's a hurtful kind of sarcasm that disguises itself as humor. And I was absolutely guilty of that. Sometimes still am. Uh, it, it's something I've, I've been working on all my life. It's not true. Something I've been working on the last 15 years. Before then, I thought it was a feature, not a bug. I had to confront a lot of things when I was younger. And then I keep changing and keep learning. And so people will, I'll get those emails. Aren't you the guy? These people still are putting out your tapes on their website that say, for example, that uh, if you don't believe in six day creation, then you don't believe the Bible and you may as well not believe in Jesus. I did used to teach that. Um, I really wish I didn't, but I did. I made everything absolutely necessary. Every one of our beliefs. My, my tribe did not use instruments in worship and we also nailed it. And here's the thing, even while I preached against it, inside I kept getting these little voices going, really? This is a mark of Christianity? Eventually, the dominoes started going. And this isn't all gonna be about me, but I'm just setting this up. Uh, it started with lasciviousness. What a wonderful word. I've brought this up before in a Bible class that um, I was a young man, probably 13, and there were these old, cool guys in our church. I mean, they had to be like 17. And it's super cool. They could drive and you know have girlfriends, everything. And they would just kind of smirk during some of the sermons. And I, I was pretty sure that that was a sin in and of itself. <clears throat> and the preacher preached, and we had these little brochures um, that he would hand out, and they're back by the door in a little rack called a track rack that, um, that said lasciviousness. The definition of that was dancing, and it was a sin to dance, any kind of dance, folklore dance, certainly <coughs> any modern dance, but no other, no dances. Well, they heard him smirk and say, bet it doesn't. So I thought, challenge accepted. That afternoon, I went into my dad's library. He had a rather extensive library of very narrowly focused doctrinal and theology books. Pulled out the Greek thesaurus and the Greek uh, New Testament that he had, cracked open the, the various different word study books he had. Yeah, at 12, yeah, I did. Cracked them all open, looked, and there was not a single one that said lasciviousness meant dancing. A couple mentioned that you could dance in lascivious ways in pagan worship and the like, but that's not what the word meant. And yet I had been taught and the preachers had been saying, and it was in the brochure very plainly, that's what it said. And I just swallowed it. And at about the age of 12, I began to think, and that was a very dangerous thing. Now be aware, in a supreme act of hypocrisy, while I thought I did not speak, it was not safe to speak. 
I, it was not physically safe to speak at that stage in my life. But even later, I, I, I found you try to talk about this and not lasciviousness, any of these issues, you stumble upon going, wait a minute. For example, I was told that our Bibles are so pristinely copied and handed down to us uh, that, uh, in fact, here's how it happened, that they would, these, these people would write, you know, copying the Bible, and there'd be somebody over their shoulder to make sure the number of consonants was correct, the number of vowels was correct. They didn't even have vowels in Hebrew. Um, that all the diacritical markings were the same, that everything was perfect. And when they came upon the name of, of God, if it was El, Elohim, or one of those, then they'd have to do these prayers and wash and get a new pen. And then we'd have somebody, I mean, it was just, so there's no possibility of error. I preached that. I preached that to, to youth groups, to tell them we can trust everything. And then I get into history and there's not one single bit of, of anything in the record to indicate that ever happened. Not one. And then there were more. <clears throat> there was the thing about hell. And I I've, I've did a series here. You can look it up at whatever channel you're watching on now. You can search for whoever told you about hell. <clears throat> there are about three or four uh, in that series, I believe. And we're going to be talking about that more in sermons during the month of February, actually, 2023. I was always taught, trains and, you know, if you're a little girl born in Iraq and you never hear the name of Jesus, you're part of a traveling family that uh, you know, makes rugs and sells them from different places to other nomadic groups, you will never have the chance to see a Bible, hear about Jesus, nothing. But if you die, you will burn for trillions and billions and hundreds of, forever in a pit of flame. That's what we were told. We were never allowed to admit it, though, because when people say, are you saying that you know, this person, we always go, no, it's not for us to judge, but inside judges judge. We absolutely had it down. And you might want to go back to January to where we even looked about, excuse me, I'll pull it up here, to have it handy. You've got to obey all of this in order uh, or you're not saved. I taught that. I don't know because I found out what the words mean. I found out what the context is. I've studied, I read, and I intentionally read books that I disagree with because they might have something in there for me. Sometimes it just makes me angry and I'm just going, why did I, all right, I'll finish it because I'm not convinced. But other times it opens some doors and I start to look. And if we are honest, we have to search for truth. How would, how would you describe the creation of the universe? Well, I'll tell you how you would. You would use it in words that made sense to you and your culture <coughs> and in your, your milieu, you know, what, whatever that stew is in which we are living, where common words could explain things. But we don't have words for ex nihilo, out of nothing creation. And that's what happened. And so how do, you, how do you tell ancient peoples, whether it was directly to Moses first or whether he collected the story, Genesis 1 and then the story in Genesis 2 is different and the Jews aren't stupid, they knew that, but it didn't bother them. I don't know why it bothers us. <coughs> how would you tell him?
would you say, all right, we have to start with stream theory, although it's not really, it doesn't really work anymore. And then we're gonna, no, you would just say, God orderly made this. You are intentional. And yet we have people, and I used to, that will say, if you don't think it's literal six days, and that all of the mammals on this day, and all of this on this day, well then you deny the living God. No. Why don't we let God tell his story the way he wants to, to the people in a way that they can receive it? I was a supreme biblical literalist. I was told that even the donkey that Balaam rode on was given the words and then vocal cords to speak. That it, it, it wasn't looked upon as a fable or a fun story or anything like this. It was looked upon as absolutely God-inspired. The donkey grew the vocal cords and he didn't tell the donkey, this is a quote from sermons, uh, you know, that you just get this in your mind, here's the subject, now you put it in your own words to Balaam. No, everything, every word in the Bible is from God, which is problematic when in Numbers 31, 32 in that area, you find God, according to Numbers, saying, kill these guys and kill the women who've ever had a man and you know, children too. But if there are any virgins out there in the group, <coughs> take them, they're yours. Can you imagine Jesus saying that? And more and more these dominoes fell. So yeah, there are a lot of things out there. I've been recorded since the mid eighties. <coughs> there were, let me get this here. Uh, it is January, weather's weird. I've been recorded back when they did cassette tapes and then they went to CDs. I can remember the sounds of my secretaries over the years, those multi copies because people wanted these things. And then the internet comes and it's forever. So you need to know something. Same thing happened to me that happened to you. We started reading and thinking. We started growing. And I pray that I never stop. I pray that my sermons in 10 years, if I'm still alive and able to speak, won't be like they are right now. I pray that God continually hones me. And over this all, you need to understand something. While these doctrines fell, like dominoes, and while these stories fell, and while my pride turned to regret on many of these things, the one thing which just keeps rising is the story of Jesus. Recently, again, you're getting this in uh, late February. This is recorded right after the new year. Recently, I went to Christmas Eve service with my uh, son's family where they live in South Carolina. It was not a denomination that I've ever been a member of, uh, but lovely church. And I'm not going to give that information out because I didn't ask them permission. Lovely service. And as it was all going through, there are a few times that I couldn't sing and that I could just barely sit there and listen because I was talking to God saying, thank you for this because everything else has been washed out of my life. Everything else, all those hills I would have died on but this story still holds me. This story still 
owns me. And I prayed asking God to let me tell this story the rest of, the, of, the rest of my life. I'd be very happy <clears throat> if I never was asked to come to a place to talk about how to organize here or how to do this or can you give us a, a marriage seminar or can you help us with theological progress? I do all of that and I'll do it if I can for you that the time allows. But what I really like to do is just talk about Jesus and Jesus stories. Everything else gets in the way. The politics, the traditions, the legalism, the harshness, the attacks. And by the way, I absolutely was involved in all of that. And I did my share and more of the attacking, of the drawing firm lines. Well, now I'm not doing that. So whatever happened to me, Jesus. That's all I can say. Jesus got me. He's not done. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying this is a point of pride, like I, I am with Jesus. Jesus has a lot of work to do on me. Probably has a lot of work to do on you too. So here's the deal. Let's not hold where we are now or where we used to be and what we say now and what we said before against each other at all. Instead, radical as it seems, why don't we just love God and love each other? That's what happened to me. I got the feeling that's what happened to most of you too. And I do love you. Have a great week.